Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bringing Virtual Care Home. My name is Tina Nall, and I'm the Chief Clinical Officer at Anelto. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Chris McGinnis, the Chief Operating Officer at NavCare, and we're going to be talking about transforming chronic care management. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you for being my guest. Thanks, Tina. Yeah. So let's get started today by having you tell the audience a little bit about your background and what brought you to NavCare um, on your journey through your career. Sure, Tina, and thanks, thanks for having me. Um, I've been in uh, post-acute care um, for the last 26 years. Um, originally started in home health and hospice, but that evolved into long-term care, uh, you know, skilled nursing, uh, LTACs, uh, and some assisted living work, uh, and really spent the majority of that time working in community-based healthcare uh, outside the four walls of the acute care or primary care setting. Uh, and then uh, last year, I uh, got reconnected with a good friend of mine who's the CEO here at NavCare, and he needed a chief operating officer. And, and I really wanted to leverage that community-based care uh, opportunity uh, along with the technology. And with COVID, coming out of COVID, um, chronic care management and remote patient monitoring and telemedicine has really gotten a lot of traction and was very enticing. So. I jumped right in and have enjoyed it ever since. Well, good. Well, they're lucky to have gotten you with all that experience. And I love how you're uh, trying to merge the community-based experience with the technology. So um, can you tell the audience a little bit about what specific uh, chronic conditions NavCare's proactive chronic care management program targets? Absolutely. So uh, there are multiple uh, chronic care or uh, an array of chronic care conditions that CMS has established that qualify for uh, chronic care management. But typically, we're looking at conditions like chronic kidney disease, cancer, uh, uh, COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, diabetes, hypertension. Uh, it can be uh, pain, chronic pain, heart failure. Um, AFib, uh, any of those uh, very common uh, chronic care diagnoses or chronic diagnoses would qualify having two or more of those and um, with the prognosis of them being uh, around for at least 12 months and having been seen by your physician within 12 months. Mm -hmm. So how do you, for patients with those type of diagnoses, how do you personalize the care that you're delivering to them? Absolutely. So chronic care management includes a discussion with the patient to review those items in, uh, involved in their chronic conditions. And that comprehensive care plan is created in conjunction with that assessment telephonically and with the electronic medical record at the physician practice or at the hospital. Uh, once we do that, we're providing all of those chronic conditions and the care associated with the condition and we review those each month um, and make sure that that patient has the appropriate care coordination and resources to remain uh, healthy uh, and also to engage them in their self-care understanding of their condition and hopefully keep them out of the hospital. 
Okay, great. Well, so um, what is the process for determining which patients are considered at risk and need NAVCARE services? Well, that's determined by the physician. We work on behalf of the physician practice or hospital, uh, and the physician, if you will, orders the services, sends that patient to NAVCARE, and uh, that ha may have a newly diagnosed or an existing chronic condition. And then we work with that physician office to enroll the patient in the program. We create that care plan and on a monthly basis, send that care summary to the physician uh, and work with them to manage that patient's chronic conditions. Okay, great. Um, so who um, are, is on your monitoring side looking at the data coming from the patient? Great question. So we have um, a medical director that advises our staff, uh, but it is led by RNs, registered nurses, and, and it includes LPNs and medical assistants. Uh, and on the CCM side, all of those care plans are reviewed and approved by a registered nurse in collaboration with the physician. Uh, and in the case of remote patient monitoring, any escalation of uh, any uh, heart rate or respirations or uh, blood pressure, uh, those are triaged and escalated as necessary to the physician practice for guidance. Okay, great. Um, so can you explain how NAVCARE's telehealth technology, NAVCARE Connect, um, enhances the patient experience and the patient's quality of life? Absolutely. So first and foremost, um, we are a technology-enabled service company, and our technology uh, has a dashboard that allows us to monitor that patient both in chronic care management and remote patient monitoring uh, real-time uh, if they're sending vitals to us, but also interacts uh, and is connected to the hospital or physician practices electronic medical record. And that information is exchanged real-time uh, whereby we can add value to the patient in their day-to-day -day, um, functions, uh, their activities of daily living and making sure they're managing their chronic condition, but also provide that feedback directly to the physician's office uh, to allow the physician to react to that information uh, in an environment that they otherwise would not have line of sight to. Right. So, so how frequently would you say uh, your monitoring team is having direct interaction with patients? Well, as often as we need to, but the biggest challenge that we have is patient engagement. Patients really taking it upon themselves to take our call or take their vitals and be a participant in their health care and their self care. Um, but when we do get them on the phone or they are engaging us, in uh, their monitoring activities, it is very easy for us to manage their care with them over the phone. We have some patients that are very challenging to get a hold of, and others call us anytime they have a question. They treat us like ask a nurse, uh, and, and that's what we want. We want that patient engagement because then we know that we're providing value to that patient's life. Yeah. So um, being that engagement is the biggest challenge, what's your primary strategy for driving engagement? Well, first and foremost, it's education of the patient about the program upfront in the physician practice. 
Um, in certain instances, we actually have nurses on site at the hospital that are bedside that educate about the program and the value that would be derived from participation in the program. Next is ensuring that we are reaching out early every month uh, to engage the patient. And then in our practice, uh, it is when we have made three attempts and have not been able to engage the patient, uh, we actually send a letter. Um, nothing uh, works better than having a, a letter sent directly to, uh, I know my 76 year old father loves to go out and get the mail. Um, <laughs> but notifying them that, hey, we've had trouble difficult, uh, we have difficulty getting in touch with you. We also utilize text messages and communication through the equipment that they may be using to monitor their care. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was, do you have a established two-way communication channel through the actual hardware that is placed in the patient home? Yes, we do. And while we uh, have, we have, we're really equipment agnostic, um, whatever the um, provider or um, physician practice or hospital chooses to use, they all have a two-way communication. Well, I say all, uh, most of them have two-way communication. Some even have telemedicine capabilities. So uh, we can actually see the patient face-to-face -face, um, or if not face-to-face, -face, certainly can communicate directly through that hub that the equipment is Bluetooth enabled attached to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, at this point, what do you see as the next major milestones for NavCare as you continue on this healthcare in the home type journey? Great question. And clinically and from a service standpoint, it is creating a comprehensive care management philosophy that includes the wraparound services of transitional care management, remote patient monitoring, chronic care management, annual wellness visit, and the uh, health risk assessments uh, associated with that. When we can roll that all in and package it together, we really create a pretty sophisticated means of monitoring patients in the home, uh, not just for the Medicare fee-for-service patient, but for the Medicare Advantage patient, for patients involved in ACOs, uh, in other health plans, and even uh, other areas uh, of Medicaid and maybe some union pa patient population management. So the, the field is very broad and deep. Uh, and so that is where we feel like we're going on the uh, service side of our business. Technologically, we're working on a software as a service model for uh, our platform and our technology to be subscribed uh, to buy physician practices or hospitals that they want to do it themselves on the service. They want to do the clinical monitoring themselves, but just don't have the technology and the means to do that. Well, we've got a, a scenario that allows them the technology to subscribe to that in the cloud, uh, very low cost implementation, connect to their EMR, and then they can provide uh, the patient with the care and the billing end to end uh, for their patient population. Wow. Well, that would be great. Um, so at this point in time, um, software as a service subscription is, um, 
is not how you operate with regards to the patients you're currently monitoring? With our patients that we monitor, we are using our platform uh, internally, um, but we have the capability today uh, to set up a separate instance for anyone that may want to subscribe, put it in the cloud, if you will. Uh, but as far as leveraging that as a leading uh, foot, if you will, yeah. in our business, is we expect to have that available in the next six to nine months. Great. Okay. Well, I love hearing that your monitoring team is clinically based and has the ability to respond um, in nearly real time to anything that looks amiss and data coming in, because I believe that's truly how you're going to keep patients well at home. Um, are you called upon by any of your current customers to provide KPIs to support that you're making a difference in these in, in outcomes for these type patients? Absolutely. And we have uh, engaged uh, a, a local um, major um, medical university uh, here in our corporate office area, uh, and they are helping us with those analytics um, to be able to provide those uh, in a, a reporting fashion, but also in a dashboard fashion so that they can look at and the trending of the, those patient readings uh, over time to see what those improvements are. Uh, they can do that on an individual basis through the physician portal, uh, but also being able to look at the metadata to see what the trending is for a particular segment of population that, uh, and looking at discrete values within that population uh, and their demographics, um, their socioeconomic factors, uh, and any other social determinants that would be predictors uh, of uh, chronic care success or declines um, across the board. And that's really where ultimately, you know, all of us want to get to have the, the artificial intelligence to be able to say, based on your patient population, um, this is the trajectory that we see these patients going and be able to provide a proactive means of caring for those patients. One, to give them a better quality of life, uh, but two, lower the burden on the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. So the data that you collect today from these patients, is it strictly biometrics or are you using any other kind of survey to get um, qualitative data to match up with that? Great question. And the answer is both. Um, we, when we do our initial assessment, we're looking at some of those social determinants and collecting that data and not in a free text manner, but in a manner that is collected so that we can rack and stack and analyze that data um, on uh, not only the patient ba uh, basis, but for the practice and then globally for our entire patient census uh, to be able to provide that data because data, there's a, uh, data is extremely, extremely important to the payer, uh, to the Medicare benefit and the Medicare program uh, and to the uh, hospital to be able to demonstrate the value that we're providing outside of the four walls on their behalf to manage the chronic conditions in the communities which they serve. Yeah, I, I guess I was speaking more to the real-time data being provided by the patient. Is that strictly limited to quantitative data associated with biometrics, or are you able to um, collect 
uh, other patient reported outcomes on a daily basis? Well, that uh, real-time data is typically uh, through the monitoring device and is biometric data. However, we do send out surveys um, to the patients uh, to collect information that might not otherwise be shared over the phone. And that, you know, that's another challenge that we have in chronic care management is many times patients are very guarded. Um, they, they have a lot of fear and lack of understanding about, you know, what we're trying to accomplish and feel like if they overshare, we may share that with, well, we will be sharing that with their physician. And there is a concern around that, that ultimately we might be the catalyst to take away a level of independence that they currently enjoy. Um, and that's just not the case, but, you know, we have to establish that relationship. And that's what, that goes back to patient engagement. Uh, the more we um, engage them, add value and build trust, as we go down the line through time, the patients actually engage us in, instead of us having to reach out to them. So being very attentive to their needs uh, in the first month, second month, third month is vitally important to ensuring that we have that patient um, kind of firmly seated in the program, but also that they see long-term value and participation. Yeah. So what, what uh, percentage of a monitoring clinician's time is spent educating a patient on um, what type of symptoms to look for or what triggers symptoms, that kind of stuff? Do they, do they participate in patient education in that way? And what portion of their day um, is spent in that realm? I would say at least 25 to 30% of their day is spent on the phone with the patient um, providing that education uh, and any uh, interventions or protocols that have been outlined by the physician practice, the overseeing physician, or the hospital. When we uh, have an implementation, we work directly with those providers um, and have established clinical protocols uh, and escalation uh, uh, processes when we do have to triage patients, but the basic on the ground, working with patients, providing that education, um, they're spending at least 30% of their day. And it is our goal to actually have more of their day, uh, on the phone, directly interacting with patient care. But obviously there's a lot of time spent monitoring, making sure that, uh, readings are within parameters. Uh, but also doing the associated documentation in a manner in which the physician finds value and can act upon it as well. Okay, great. So when, um, if I were a patient being monitored by your company, would I um, perceive that the people monitoring me are an extension of my physician's office or do they know you as NavCare, a partner of, your, of the, their provider? The patient it, it does, does not know us as NAPCARE. Um, we present as an agent of uh, the physician practice and e introduce ourselves as such. Um, we have uh, a call routing software uh, that allows us to identify the patient in our platform to immediately say that, yes, we're with Mr. McInnes's practice and to them, we might as well be sitting in the physician's practice. Okay, great. 
Well, Chris, this has been very informative. Thank you so much for taking the time to be my guest today. Are there any parting words you want to offer to the audience before we close? Uh, well, first of all, Tina, thank you for having me today. Uh, NavCare uh, is here to help uh, the population across the U.S. Uh, that qualifies for chronic care or uh, remote patient monitoring, any of those services outlined by uh, CMS that they are eligible for, we can be reached at www.navcare.com. Uh, you, you can be routed to us uh, through the internet or call us uh, on our contact information. And I'm on there and I'm always available to email me directly if you have any questions about chronic care or remote patient monitoring. Well, it's been a pleasure. And for those of you out there, I hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of Bringing Virtual Care Home. Have a great day. Thank you.